Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, it's hard to believe, but we're in the fifth week of this special series that we've been in together. We've entitled it Closer, and if you're new, we have been taking some major moments in the life of Jesus, looking at how he related to those people in these special places, and then trying to allow that to become real in our own lives trying to allow the person of Jesus to become more real. That's why we've called it Closer, because we want to get closer to him. We took a team of people to Israel, and along the way, we shot some of these places, these moments with Jesus, and we're looking at these stories, and the Bible's coming alive, and we're all getting a little bit closer to him. This week, we're going to go to an awesome place. I'm going to ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Matthew, Chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 22 through 36. I want to welcome those watching online, welcome our McKinney campus, welcome those at 1230, making room and making space for others. Would you put your hands together, celebrate all those that are joining us along the way. I celebrate with these that are being baptized this weekend. That never gets old, seeing people take that step to say, I want to follow Jesus for all of my life, and so that's always amazing and exciting. In fact, let's put our hands together and celebrate them one more time. It's always amazing to see that, people giving their lives to Christ. I wanna tell you another thing that I'm really excited about, and I really want us to celebrate together, and that is uh, on Friday night here at the Keller campus, we had what's called a fairy tale ball, and it is a night to honor, to celebrate, to show the love of Jesus to children that have life-threatening illnesses. And I really debated about sharing this in this sense. I don't in any way want to sensationalize or, or, or exploit these children in any way. I, I just simply want us as a church uh, to have an opportunity. And for many of you, you don't always know all the things that your generosity, and I wanna, I wanna celebrate the volunteers that dressed up like Disney characters and came and took care of them, and we hear so many reports from the families that it's a night where these kids feel loved and they feel celebrated and they feel honored, and uh, it's just an amazing thing. And so it's just, it's just another window into how you, through your generosity and service of people, are making an impact in the lives of others around us, and so it's just amazing. And this week, we wanna, we wanna continue, and I know, again, some of you are just catching up and joining in with us. You can follow back online the different messages in this series called Closer, but we started the first week with Jesus and a scene on the bank of the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus said to those that were wanting to be close to him, he said, here's Here's what it takes. He said, I want you to follow me. And I know that's hard for us because following means that we don't always get to set the pace. We don't get to set the direction. We don't get to set the course. But Jesus said, close, right here from the beginning, it means to follow. The next week, we talked about where Jesus was really dealing with our, our hunger and our thirst, and we're, we're all a group of seekers. And and Jesus said, I have a satisfaction, I have a fulfillment for you. And he said, if you're going to be close to me, you have to seek me. 
And we went a little bit deeper and we started talking about what it means to really be close to Jesus and he said, I, I want you to trust me. I, I want you to trust me when you don't understand. I, trust, I want you to trust me with those things that you're just like, I just don't really know what's gonna happen here. He said, look, look, I got it, J just trust me. And then last week I ended the message on one knee and said, if you really are gonna be close to Jesus, you have to submit to him and you have to worship him. You, you have to let him be Lord of everything in your life. After one of the services here at the Keller campus, I walked out in the commons and shook hands and then the crowd was kind of dying out and dissipating and one of our female leaders brought another lady up to me and she was emotionally moved. And I could tell that she'd been crying and she said, this series is really impacting me and, and I'm understanding more about the real Jesus. And she just said, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to process it all. And there was this, this leader that's been coaching her and counseling her and in her small group and working with her. And, and she said, I, I and, and I really respect her for this because she said what I know a lot of us feel. She was, she was willing to have the courage to verbalize something that all of us feel. She, she looked up at me with a little mascara action kind of going and she just said, you know, I, I, I want to do all that. I, I, I do. I really do. I, I want to follow and seek and trust and, and I want to be under the lordship of Jesus. She said, I just don't know why I can't. I just don't know why I really just can't do it. And I thought, wow, that, that's where we all really live. You just verbalize something that we're all feeling. And, and probably because I've pastored people and I don't know, it's not really about me. I think really it was just the Holy Spirit somewhat prophetically and just, just, just seeing where she is. I, I didn't really think about it. I didn't have any notes. I, I just looked at her and I said, what are you afraid of? Because if you'll find your fear, you'll find the barrier. Because fear is one of the largest, most powerful motivators to move us away from what Jesus has for our lives. I said, I want you to think about this week. What are you afraid of? I started talking to her about maybe where she's been hurt or people have let her down and she, she, she said, she, and I could tell that was making an impact and I, and I thought, man, what a real living illustration of where all of us are because wherever we're not worshiping and wherever we're not submitting and where we're not seeking, it's, it's probably fear in our lives. Jesus knew this about his disciples just like he knew this about us one day, so he brought his disciples to a training lesson on the Sea of Galilee, and that's where we're gonna go this week. A, a, a unique, beautiful, awesome, really cool scene, and we're gonna go to it in a minute, and, and I just went out into the middle of this lake there, and, and I tried to think about the experience, and I was thinking about you, and thinking about all of us, and, and I was thinking about our fear. Because Jesus says, I want you to go to the other side, and Jesus has a plan for you, and Jesus has steps for you in your season, and Jesus has things he's called you to, and places that he wants you to go, both spiritually, practically, emotionally, and relationally, and fear is the thing trying to hold us all back. Now, I realize when I say fear, you're like, what are you talking about, Jeff? Because we have, you know, we have little fears, 
My youngest, she's afraid of sharks. Now, she's not around many, but because she's the baby, you know, when, when, you have, when you're a youngest in the family, how many of y'all are the youngest right here? Pray for us, you know, pray for all of y'all. I'm the oldest, I was the one tormenting the youngest. But you know, with the oldest, you're like protecting everything they watch, you know, you can't watch anything scary, you know, and so you just, whatever, but now she's got, you know, teenage siblings, so they watch Shark Week with her. You're like, she's gonna have nightmares, guys, what are you doing? She needs it, we're just gonna show her all these sharks, you know. So she's afraid of sharks, but she lives in Texas, okay? So she's never even seen one, but she's deathly afraid of them, probably because her mom is too. But anyway, we found some baby copperheads in our backyard this week. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of them. I'm actually more afraid of their mother or their father. Y'all with me? We, we have weird, just kind of weird fears. Here's one of mine. I'm afraid of fingernail files, emery boards. You're like, you need counseling, Pastor. I do. I'm like a little OCD. If someone pulls one out, I start having a panic attack. I don't know why, I can't stand them. I can't, whoo, right now it makes me just, it makes my spine tingle, you know? I don't know why, I just, ooh. I don't know what you're afraid of. We have little weird idiosyncrasy fears. We have irrational fears of sharks and maybe real fears of snakes or whatever. But it's not just those little emotional or rational fears, it's, it's the greater fears. Some of us are not getting to the other side of what God's called us to because of fears of failure. Fears of having some kind of breakdown in our life and the world that we've put around us to protect us. We have fears of being left out. We have fears of not being loved. We have fears in our lives of someone breaching trust or all kinds of deeper fears, fears of death, fears of challenge in our lives. And, and, and it's okay that we have the fears. We're gonna unpack it after I show you this. But, but Jesus wants us to break free of the fear because the fear can keep us from getting to where he's called us to go. So let's go to this place where Jesus has a discipleship moment and let's let Jesus disciple us on the Sea of Galilee right in the middle. Watch this with me and I'll come back and we'll unpack it together. At this point in our journey, we're going to look at Matthew 14, 22 through 36, which is an interesting scene that takes place right here on the Sea of Galilee. It's pretty amazing because I think it's a scene that we can all relate to. You know, our desire in this journey is to be close to Jesus or to be closer to him. And it's a desire that every person really has on the inside of them is to be close to Jesus. And probably the most difficult place or time to be close to Jesus is when you're in the in-between. You know, I'm literally in the in-between place from one side of the Sea of Galilee and the other on a boat, which is where our scene takes place with the disciples again in Jesus, because Jesus is trying to teach them how to be close to him at all times. 
not, not just at the start of a journey or the start of a new season or the start of a new place in life, but really even in the in-between times before you get to the other side of wherever you are in that place in life. And so Jesus himself, though, is, is living it. See, that's what's so amazing about Jesus and studying the Bible is we get some insight into how he's doing it. So Jesus is, he, he's living it. And so the, the Bible tells us preceding the passages here in Matthew 14 that he's going through some personal struggles. His cousin, John the Baptist, who we know he had some real meaningful moments with, has been beheaded. And yet Jesus is processing it. We don't get all the insight into how he's processing uh, internally, but we know externally he stays focused and, and focused on others because he does spend some time in personal devotion, but then he also, the, the, the real big passage kind of highlight moment of Jesus's story uh, is what happens next where he feeds 5,000 people it's pretty crazy because the disciples, they're, they're trying to get internal and they're, they're really thinking a lot about themselves because there's all these thousands of people. The Bible says 5,000, but usually they, they counted the men. So we don't know there's 15, 20,000 people involved here and, uh, and, and, they, and they need something to eat. And the disciples are like, let's send them away to find something. And Jesus says, no, I'm trying to teach you how to do this because everything about this is still Jesus training and equipping them. And if we see it through that lens, then we can let Jesus show us how to be close to him and understand uh, his perspective on life. So Jesus says, look, I wanna teach you how to feed them. And the, the, the quick version of the story is he takes a boy's lunch and they all get fed. And then the reason I tell you that is that's all what's going on. And then in Matthew 14, 22, he starts setting the stage for this moment on how to be close to him when you're in between. And the Bible says immediately after that, he sends them out in the boat to go to the other side. And so they're, they're trying to move to this, this place ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, the Bible says here, look at it. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed this crowd of people, thousands of people, he dismissed them. And after he dismissed the crowd, he, he went up on the hillside. And, and, and if you were here right now with me, you'd understand there's, there's hillsides all around, very high elevations all around the Sea of Galilee. So I just, I picture Jesus up on one of these high points looking down on the disciples' journey. But while he's there, the Bible says up on that mountainside, he was by himself and, and he was praying. And we know that that's Jesus's model, that the reason he had power to do what he did is that he would, he would withdraw frequently and that he received from what he heard the Father saying. But, but back to the disciples and back to, to where we can relate here. It says, later that night, um, they, they were out there, all of them. He was there alone and they were in this boat. The boat was considerably, already a considerable distance from the land. So they're out in the middle of their journey they start getting buffeted by the waves because the wind was coming against them. I love in Mark, it gives us a little more detail. In fact, Mark says that what they're about to face, they didn't learn from the miracle of the loaves, in fact. So their hearts were hardened in a way. They didn't see how powerful Jesus is. And the Bible says there that he was watching them struggle 
and the winds were coming up. And so there's this, this sort of storm-like occurrence. And so we all can relate to that. We've stepped out toward where Jesus has taken us. Gives me a lot of confidence to know he intentionally is sending them there. But now they're out there in the midst of the struggle. The winds are coming against them. We can all relate to being in that in-between place and going, okay, Jesus, where are you at now? Where are you at while I'm right here in the middle of this? You sent me out here, and now they're being buffeted by the wind and the waves. It says, shortly before dawn, though, Jesus went out to them. Aren't you glad that Jesus comes out to us in the middle of our struggles and challenges? And, and the Bible says he started walking on the lake, which is mind-blowing. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost. And uh, the old sailing or, or boating tradition is that if you're on the water and you see a ghost, it means you're going to die. So there could be the thought here just from traditional oral tradition that they thought this is, this is a death sentence. They said, and they cried out in fear. So they're full of fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And that's, that's where Jesus always meets us in our challenging circumstances in the in-between, have you left me? He'll always say to us, which is so common and really just flows out of what we see so many times happen in the Bible. Look, I'm, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Just, just be encouraged here. Take some courage. I'm, I'm with you. And then, of course, Peter, you got to love him. He said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Jesus, I love this. Jesus is like, hey, come on. Come, he replied and said to him, and then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. And when he saw the wind, though, so, so now as long as his eyes are on Jesus, now his eyes moved to his circumstances, said when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. A couple of key points we're seeing here in getting close to Jesus when you're in between. Number one, remember, he's the one taking you to the other side. Number two, in Peter's story, it's amazing, probably a lot of us fall way shorter of what Jesus would let us participate in if we were just bold enough like Peter to say, hey, if it's you, hey, I want to come out there with you. But what caused him to sink? Taking his eyes off Jesus. That's what we have to do when we're in that place. Immediately, though, Jesus reached out his hand, to his hand and caught him and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then it says, when they... And when they were there, they, when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. So when Jesus bought, brought Peter into the boat, the Bible says the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now look at what it says here. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country and people brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. See, Jesus always has a purpose for moving us to the other side. Jesus had a, an intentional on purpose moment waiting there for some people who needed healing. And that's usually the case in our lives. Many times we don't always understand where Jesus is taking us till we get to the other side and we look back and we see, okay, now I see what was going on. I see his heart, I see his desire. And, and, and as, you, as you walk with him, here's something I wanna give you encouragement with. Some of you are just starting out learning how to live out these seasons where you're in between. Others of you have seen it happen many times, but you see 
that he's faithful. He's faithful at every step along the way. So, so don't get your eyes on the circumstances, the wind, the waves. Don't get overwhelmed by it. He's still saying to us, take courage. It's I, don't be afraid. I'm gonna get you to the other side. And so as we think about being close to Jesus, let's just, let's receive that encouragement. I know even myself as I sit here, I, I think, wow, it's like to be in the middle of a place where you're trying to move to the other side and to think about what it would been like in that moment, it, it, it makes me think in my own life, I, I, wanna, I wanna always remember, even if I'm in between, I'm in the middle, he can get me to the other side. places on this journey, you go to what they believe to be the location. If you remember a few weeks ago from the synagogue, I said, well, this is actually a fifth century synagogue, but over here is, is a place where they know was the original synagogue. The cool thing about this week is there's not another Sea of Galilee. This is the place where it happened. And it was so overwhelming really for me to sit in the middle there and to think about my life and how many times I've been in the middle and how many times I will be in the middle and think about you and it was really cool to think about Jesus up on one of those hillsides praying and also equipping and, and the fact that he sees us and he knows that we have fear he knows we're afraid that's why it's the most common phrase in the Bible and Jesus used it all the time in fact, I said this in the book, every one of us makes choices every day on page 67 based on fear. Most of the things that make us really upset, the areas in which we're really the most emotional, if you dig down deep enough, underneath everything else, you'll find fear. This doesn't make us sick, it just makes us human. So because we're these human beings who have this fear, it's part of who we are. The question is not, do we have it? The question is, what was Jesus doing with these disciples and what does he want to do in our lives today? I believe this story is more than Peter took a few steps walking on the water. I like to picture Peter at some point later where they were like, hey, you sunk, man. He's like, yeah, but I took a couple steps, all right? You know, I mean, it's more than all of that. It's awesome. There's a story there on doubting, and there's a story on focusing on Jesus, and there's a story of storms, and there's a lot here. But really, the thesis of the story is that they got a greater revelation of who Jesus really is. And when you get close to Jesus, he leads you through your fears to the place he's called you. He leads you through your fears, not around your fears. He leads you through them. We have fears, so Jesus has to lead us through them to get you to the place relationally, financially, emotionally, as a parent, as a friend. In all areas of our life, he's got to lead us through that fear to understand him to a greater degree so we can get to the places in life that he's called us to and fear doesn't paralyze us. We're born with fear. Any of you that have kids, I've had four of them, a common scene. 
We're just born this way. And especially if you have a greater imagination, then you're just plagued by greater scenarios and greater opportunities to be afraid. You're, you're asleep, and if you have little kids, here's what happens. There's like, you're, you just get good and asleep, and there comes this little being knocking on your door, coming to your bed, and, oh, I'm afraid there's a monster in my room. Little parenting technique. I learned this from someone in my life who has, is a great parent. I used to say, I'd take them in there, you know, and look, there's nothing to be afraid of. One of my pastors told me, he said, look, don't ever tell them that. There's a lot to be afraid of. There's things in the spiritual realm to be afraid of, and just because you're not afraid of whatever that is doesn't mean that they're not afraid. Tell them, look, yeah, there's stuff to be afraid of, but we're gonna walk through the fear. We're gonna look to Jesus. Teach them at an early age, by the way, parents, that yeah, there's a lot in life to be afraid of, but call on Jesus when you get afraid. And so I started with my kids actually telling them, guess what? I'm not afraid of the monster under the bed, but I'm going to tell you this, your daddy gets afraid too. I get afraid too. In fact, I have coaches and pastors in my life this week. I had a phone call with one of them. They, he said, Jeff, what are you afraid of? I said, you know what? He said, what are you concerned about? And I said, you know, I've learned to walk with Jesus. I, I've learned that he gets me to the other side. My goodness, I'm preaching on it this weekend. But I still have a mild grade fear right now that the place God's taking us as a spiritual family to the next place, that people won't embrace it and it won't happen. And so by verbalizing that and talking about what I'm concerned about, that's honest, that's transparent, that's real, but here's, here's some things I've learned in journeying with Jesus that I just wanna offer to you. I have fear, but, but I can't let the fear paralyze me from where I know Jesus is taking me. And so for all of us in our lives, you're like, how does Jesus deal with our fears? What is this? How does this work, Jeff? What was Jesus up on that mountainside? What was he all, all up to there? Well, well, here's the first thing he was up to. He leads us into fearful situations. Here's the thing we need to realize. He, he said in that verse there, it says, he made them get in the boat. He made them get in the boat. Why did he make them? because he was leading them into fearful situations that will cause them to rely on his goodness at a greater level, to have a greater revelation of who he really is. And, and here, here, here we, end up, we need to all just realize this, okay, so that we're following the biblical Jesus. To follow the biblical Jesus means that actually, the closer you get to him, the more opportunities you're gonna have to be afraid. Praise God, pastor, this is encouraging. The closer you get to the real Jesus, the more opportunities you're gonna have to be afraid. The more opportunities, the more he's going to just like we do as parents, put you on that roller coaster and you're scared to death and then you get off telling all your siblings, come on, get on here, man, this is awesome, I'm the man. I, 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 it's like me when I was a kid, I was a fearful kid. And man, I just, I'd work through scenarios in my mind and my dad knew it, that's why my dad, my God gave me a pocket protector, mechanical pencil wearing dad, you know, just kind of kept everything non-emotional. We're going through, buddy, here's the calculations, jump in. I went to swimming lessons, I sat on the side. Not getting in that water, you could drown. I think I may have just ate a hot dog anyway, y'all go right to the bottom. My mom, you know, you gotta love my mom. You know, she's like, Jeff, you don't have to, you little cutie. You don't just sit there if you want to. <laughs> Got home from swimming lessons. My dad said, did the boy swim? She said, he doesn't have to, Jimmy, and you leave him alone. He said, he better get in the water tomorrow. 
Next day, I sat on the side. I thought, man, this is awesome, sitting on the side. I ain't getting in. That's scary. He said, did the boy swim? She said, he doesn't have to. You leave him alone. He said, if he doesn't swim, I'm leaving work, and I'm throwing him in. Now, today, we call that child abuse. (laughs) And so the next day, I got in. Are you with me? We, We all have those kind of moments in our lives. I was talking with a young couple In fact, last week, isn't it interesting, like I know it's humorous, swimming lessons or roller coasters, but those are real fears when we're younger and then we just have other fears that we graduate to. I was talking with a young couple last week, they're getting ready to get married. And and they were just, they had so many, see we have so much more information today and so much more knowledge and they were afraid of what about this and what about that and will we make it and isn't it amazing, you can look at someone else's fear and just go, why are you afraid? God's got it. You know, it's okay, you know, I, and I told them, I said, look, Brandy and I got married, I mean, I think we made $16,000 our first year. They go, oh my gosh, did you starve? I said, no, we were fine. Well, I don't even remember really knowing we were in lack. So you're working through these processes at whatever stage, but here's something we need to admit. Walking with Jesus is not a fear-free life. It gives us opportunities to be afraid. But here's the good thing about this story. Jesus is watching them struggle and he doesn't leave us in that place. He doesn't keep us in that place. Jesus doesn't want fear to keep us stuck. So he doesn't let us stay in the place where we're stuck, where we're sitting on the side of the pool, where we're still on the shore. Jesus doesn't let us get stuck in that place because why? Fear has the power. It's so powerful. It can paralyze you. It'll cause you to always say no. It'll cause you to always take less. It'll always cause you to back up from what Jesus is calling you to do. And what Jesus does is he comes into that situation to show us that we ourselves can't personally get ourselves to the other side. That's what I love about this story. They could have rowed and rowed and rowed for as long as they wanted, but they weren't gonna be able to get to the other side of where God was taking them. And and so some of you say, okay, this this may be encouraging, it may not be, but, but I like to think of it this way. If you're trusting in yourself, you should be afraid. If it depends on you, and it's you making it happen, and it's your ability to row to the other side into whatever Jesus has called you, you should be terrified, because you won't get there. But if it depends on Jesus, then he will always get you to the other side because he's faithful, he always will. I read the story in the children's Bible this week. I like the children's Bible, it, it brings out things. By the way, we, we, we sometimes trust so much in our knowledge and planning and abilities, it's cool to go back and just read these stories afresh and anew. I read this story as a kid. I had Sunday school teachers teach me this story and it's amazing to think about it. In the children's Bible, it really brings out and illustrates strongly Jesus, when Peter starts to sink, Jesus grabbing Peter by the hand and putting him back in the boat. They were scared of Jesus, they were scared of the wind, Peter was scared, he was sinking, everybody was scared. When's the last time Jesus grabs you by the hand? When's the last time you're like, ah, and Jesus goes, okay, I got you, I got you, and puts you in the boat? Because Jesus comes to get us unstuck in these processes that we're walking through to understand who he is and get us to the other side. If you can manage every single thing in your life with certainty that you're fully protected, you're probably not following Jesus. 
Because to follow Jesus means there is fear and uncertainty, but he gets us unstuck and moves us forward. Here's the final thing. He gives us the power to keep moving forward. He, he's the one. We start learning, you know what? More of Jesus, more leaning on his grace, more leaning on his power, more leaning less on my confidence and more on the confidence that I find in the fact that he's the one moving me forward. And, and I, I wanna tell you, I find a lot of times people don't, don't take this advice, but if you and I were sitting down over coffee and you're in a fearful moment, you're in a kind of an anxious moment full of turmoil with lots of waves, and maybe you've taken a couple of steps but you started to sink, don't make life-altering decisions in that moment. Because in that moment, if fear's dominating your thoughts, you can make radical moves and decisions in a fearful moment that's not you trusting his power to move you forward. We have to always be careful with that because a lot of times our fear can be such a great motivator, it moves us to the wrong decision. But you know, life is gonna have fearful moments, especially if we're following Jesus to the other side of the next place and the next season and the next step that he has for us. I took my, I have a new college uh, child, new, new freshman in college, and so she came home for the weekend, and it was our first time to see her after several weeks, and then we had lunch after church, and, and she, uh, she heard the words that every college student wants to hear, would you like me to fill your car up with gas and take you grocery shopping? That was my last act before she went back to college, so dad checked everything and filled up her car with gas, and we went grocery shopping. Now, I am, I am assigned grocery task, okay, in my house. In other words, go get this, this, and this. I am banned from full freedom grocery shopping, okay? Because it always costs more. I don't even know totally exactly how it all works anymore, so I'm banned. I don't even get to go anymore. Because when I go, we end up with stuff in the basket that's not on the plan. You know, I'm just like, we'll have that. That looks awesome, you know? So grocery shopping has changed. I don't get to go a lot anymore. I went with my college daughter, and so, and, and it's amazing. I mean, we just kind of just got some stuff, you know? We had spam, you know, bologna. What is it? I don't know. We'll have that, too. It looks good. Looks like it's cheap, sustainable, you know? But <clears throat> now we found out that stuff kills you, you know? So my daughter, she's into this health thing. Like, she reads. Like, our, our grocery shopping expedition that should have taken, like, 20, 30 minutes, it took, like, an hour and a half because she reads every ingredient, okay? It's like, what's in this? I'm like, who cares what's in it? It's got a great package, I bet it's tasty. I mean, who cares what's in it? And so it's everything, is it, is it dairy-free, is it gluten-free, is it this? It's so free of stuff, I'm looking at these things and I'm just, I'm like, what actually is it? I mean, what, what's, what actually is in it? It's so free of everything. And we want insurance on our insurance. That's where we've become in our culture. In our culture here, one of the greatest things stopping us from big steps with Jesus is we call it stewardship, we call it planning, we call it good managing, it's actually fear. It's actually fear. You can have a fear-free somewhat, risk-free journey spiritually, the only problem is you need to be prepared. It'll be Jesus-free too. It'll be Jesus-free. Because when Jesus is in it, he's always gonna take you into these moments. You're like, Jeff, what do I do? Because I know, I just admitted to you, I have fear. What, what are we gonna do? Well, I could take you through a lot of practicals. 
You know, you could play out in your mind what's the worst case scenario. You could remember how many times he's been faithful, which gives you more confidence. You, you can do it with the fear, which by the way is, is what always has to happen. You just have to have confidence in Jesus over your emotions and you just kind of do it with the fear. I mean, I could give you all kinds of tips and thought processes and, and ways to release the fear and all of that, but, but I'd like to end with this. Here's how you live a life where you keep moving toward and letting his power take you to the other side. And that is from one of the guys that was in the boat. First John tells us this, 418, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. One of the guys in the boat, now he had a lot of other opportunities to be afraid, but one of the guys in the boat, after his journey with Jesus and after living out what Jesus called him to live out, the Apostle John says to us, here's how you keep moving through this life and getting closer and closer to Jesus. You let his perfect love deal with your fear. His perfect love, as it is more and more perfected, as love is more and more perfected, more and more real in your life, more of his love, of the fact that his personhood is full of love, he's for you, his goodness, his grace, and even if it's challenging, he'll use that, and even if you get off course a little bit, he'll use that. But if you just keep loving him, then the fear of even eternity or death or wherever you're going or whatever you may drum up even in your mind, the more his love is perfected in you, the less paralyzing fear you have. So you allow that to become real. It's like when someone sends you a letter to tell you how much they value you, you go back to that letter and it's the words there that have so much power. Well, that's why the word of God is like a letter to us from Jesus. That's why Jesus, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, perfects his love in us. Every time we keep taking steps with him, every time we get closer to him, his love is anchoring our souls, being made perfect in us, and the more perfect love is, the less paralyzing fear we have. And he keeps moving us toward what he has for us in, his life, in our lives. And he's the prize. He's the prize. That's the moral to this story. Everybody, you know, wind, waves, walking on water, and who doubted and who didn't doubt and faith. No, 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 no. The prize is the fear stopped and they said, you really are the son of man. You really are who you say you are. The revelation that would carry them into everything that he had for them. I'm gonna ask if you would to bow your heads with me. I believe there's some of you here Jesus has been knocking on the door of your heart asking you to just give your life to him. I'm gonna ask you if it's not an emergency for no one to move around for just a minute if you could. It's a very important moment. We're, we're closing. It's a very important moment for people right now. Some of you have been feeling Jesus tug you to just give yourself to him like we saw with people being water baptized. You say, well, I just don't know why I can't just give my life to him and surrender. Well, fear. Fear of, I don't know if I can live up to it. Fear of what will happen. Fear of what my family might say. Fear. Jesus says, take courage, don't be afraid. 
maybe right now you just simply say, Jesus, with some of the fears that I have, I, I give myself to you. I, I, I believe you died for me, rose from the dead, come into my life, become my Jesus. I surrender myself to you. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Maybe come and see me at 101 or come to 101 at the McKinney campus. Take a step, let somebody know if you prayed that so you can start learning how to walk with Jesus and get to the place he's called you. For those of you that know Jesus, I'm asking you to say, Jesus, I admit I have fear. I have fear in areas of my life, but I want your perfect love to be more perfected, more real in my life. Jesus, for you to come in and help me as I'm moving toward this next place that you have for me. We trust you, Jesus. We love you. We wanna follow you, seek you, and we don't wanna let fear hold us back from what you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 